I want to welcome you to Young Adults Today podcast, where we talk about reaching young adults in our world today. I'm going to toss it over to our hosts, Micah and Josiah Keneally. Hey guys, it's Josiah, and before we get to today's episode, I just want to invite you to an incredible event happening March 3rd and 4th, 2023. Let's start our year off strong. Our theme is Equip the Saints. This is the Young Adults Today conference designed for college pastors, young adult ministry leaders, their key volunteers and teams. It'll happen in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and We would love to invite you. You'll hear from Micah and I, as well as a host of other leaders and authors and pastors. There'll be breakout sessions, times of worship, and our goal is that you, as a person who's pouring out, would have the opportunity to be poured into and blessed and resourced and encouraged with rallying points, relationships that can last a lifetime and put useful resources into your hands. You can find out more details at www.youngadults.today conference. Well, what's up, guys? Happy Monday. Hope you're feeling alive right now. I'm Micah Keneally. And I'm Josiah Keneally. Welcome to the Young Adults Today podcast, where we talk about the faith Mm -hmm. of the next generation in our world today. And thank you so much for subscribing, for sharing, for leaving us a rating and review. It helps us reach more listeners with the message of Jesus and the message of Young Adults Today. Yes. And today we have some fun authors. It's actually a couple who has written some fun children's books. We have one of these in our hands. So we're just going to tap into their knowledge, their passion, and just see what God uncovers in and through the message that God has given them. That's going to touch the hearts, hopefully of the parents that are reading these little books, as well as the children themselves. And so we're going to welcome Gabe and Andrea Olson to the podcast today. Welcome you guys. How are you? Thank you. We're, Thanks. We're good. Thanks for having us. Excited to be here. Yeah. We're excited to have another couple, a dynamic mm-hmm. duo. And also, if you're watching on YouTube, you'll see that Gabe has a awesome lid. He's got a great <laughs> hat. We're all from Minnesota right here making this conversation happen and excited to talk about the faith of the next generation. Mm-hmm. And that starts... I mean, I think even in the mother's womb Mm -hmm. where, you know, you you read the pages of scripture and it's like before we were even born, we were on heaven's radar. And then Jesus, he makes a bold statement to a group of young adults and to a group of adults, a crowd that's following. He says, let the little children come to me. Mm -hmm. And um, I'd love to hear Gabe And uh, Andrea, if you guys would be willing, before we talk a little bit more specifically, why do you believe in the faith of the next generation, whether it's kids, parents, families, or teenagers and young adults? You want to go first? Sure. Um, uh, I'm I'm reminded of a a quote that we talk a lot about. It has to deal with faith and your kids, and it's by Andy Stanley. And he, he essentially says, let your ceiling become your kids' floor. Live a way um, where your where your life exudes exudes that. So um, that that rings true for me moving forward. But I I view the faith of the next generation as basically our only hope, mm-hmm. right? I mean to teach them uh, how to have faith, how to communicate, how to talk with God, how to think about it, and hey, shoot, to actually think, right? To not just take what's handed to you, but to process this and yeah. ask questions because our, our God is capable of handling those questions, mm-hmm. right? And it's not to shy away from, he welcomes them and he wants to be on the journey with us. 
So um, that that's a little bit of my two cents on the, the faith part, and I'll let you finish the rest. Yeah, I mean, I think for us as parents, we just felt this incredible. I mean, it's not a bad weight, but just this. It's it's this responsibility. Oh, to, really? I feel a weight. Yeah, I don't know about I mean, you. I feel a weight. It, yeah, but it's, <laughs> it's not. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes it feels it feels heavy, but to pass on to our kids this truth that God does work in our lives and God does still do miracles and he is a relational God. And I think that, you know, just in society today, there's so much hard and there's so much sadness and to want to pass on to our kids, like, Hey, yes, you're going to face hard things, but you know, we we serve a God who is capable of walking with us through all of those things. And, and so for us, that's just, um, really been the the cornerstone of, of our, of our parenting and wanting to come alongside of our kids and, and help them see that and navigate through that, like walk with them through those things as we journey through life together. I think that's so good. Even we found out when we were expecting our first daughter, I told Josiah, it was a surprise. So we didn't find out the gender, but I told him, I was like, I want our children, um, kind of what, what Gabe was talking about. I want them to be able to problem solve. I want them to be able to think for themselves and I want them like critically think for themselves. And I want them to be people who ask good questions. And I think that comes with some grit. Uh, it comes with some practice as parents because our children are not perfect. We are not per- perfect. Our parenting is not perfect, but we do serve a perfect God who can help us navigate those waters of, you know, the, the toddler stage, the elementary school age, the preteen, the teen and beyond. And it's like, wow, that is a heavy weight. It's not a burden, like you said, but it is a responsibility. And God has entrusted these children to us for such a time as this. And what are we doing as parents to help instill those values of the word of God and make it fun? I think so many times like, oh, I have to go to church. Oh, I went to Bible study or no, like we as parents, like the picture that we paint as parents is the picture that our children are looking at and how they're interpreting it. So I would even just ask you guys, if you're willing to take it one step deeper, Mm -hmm. I know that you both have, um, you have three children, three daughters, how has your parenting influenced the the response to the authorship world of and calling when it comes to, you know what, I want to be a good parent and I want other parents to know the goodness of God and the land of the living and how we're going to do that is through the writing and the publishing of books that hopefully captivate the heart of the next generations. Can you just talk about that parenting journey more or less and the writing process? Yeah, for sure. Go on. Yeah. I think, you know, for us, it's really started as those small things within our home, like those small decisions, because every decision that we make has a cumulative impact on tomorrow. Right. And so uh, as us, for us, we're a homeschool family. And so taking those, those moments with the kids and with the girls, when they, when they ask me questions and they ask me really hard things, or they ask me big things. Mm -hmm. And sometimes there's those times where I feel like, okay, Andrea, don't screw this one up. You know, you feel like sometimes there's those really big questions that it's like the Holy Spirit just, you know, has to take over because I know that the way that I answer is really important. And in our busy society, and even just like in, I don't know, some of the, some of the ways that maybe we were raised or the the jokes that you hear, it's because I said so, right. It's just, well, it just is that way. And 
what we've been challenged to do as parents is, well, yes, there's that, there's that aspect of, you know, discipline and like, no, it is that way you need to listen. And it doesn't matter why. (laughs) Um, But when it comes to those big questions to not get caught up in the busy and to really stop and step into their world and get down at their level and say, okay, let's take a minute and let's, let's talk about this. Let's discuss this when they ask those big questions. And so um, for us, that's kind of been the the first step is really making a purposeful decision to not just jump over those questions and say, well, they'll learn it at Sunday school or they'll figure it out eventually, but to really pause and, um, and step into their world. And that's kind of was the beginning of our, um, of our journey, I guess. And then from there, do you, if you want to talk a little bit about the inception of, of the books? Sure. I would just add to that. Those questions never come on a good time. Yeah. I mean, it's not like, yes, I have, you know, two hours to explain this or sit down and pray with you. It's like, I love your story of, of what was it? Ayla who wanted to pray our youngest. She's um, five. um, And you were, what were you cooking? You want to, you want to say that? Yeah, I was just making dinner. This was just a couple of weeks ago. And of course it's like making dinner, you know, one of the girls is working on something that they need help with. And it's kind of busy. I think my phone was probably ringing. One of my staff members needed something. So it's just a busy moment. And she just was like, mommy, I just want to pray for my cousin right now. And I'm like, really? Okay. Mm. And and the backstory is that her cousin had been in the ER with stitches earlier in the week, or maybe it was even earlier that day. And, you know, we had stopped and prayed and moved on with the day, but it, that's her little buddy. They're both the same age, so uh, it's like yeah. her, you know, her little person. And, and she just, it was so heavy on her heart. And so for me, it was like, okay, the Holy spirit, you know, I don't always get this right. I have to, anybody who's listening out there, if you're like, man, She's so awesome. She never, no, I miss these opportunities all the time. But in that moment, the Holy Spirit moved in my heart and I knew like dinner's going to burn. Like we're going to stop. Crispy tacos. <laughs> yep. <There you> go. <laughs> and we're going to pray. Um, And that was just a, a example of a sweet moment we had recently. Yeah. So I think yeah, the other side of it is we begin the conversation with the books. I'm in an entrepreneurial coaching organization and he talked about how do you transfer values to your kids? Mm-hmm. The next generation, how how can, you know, beyond a two plus two, you know, what what family values you believe in? And um, he said, well, you should brand those and you should think about how to, to get that to your kids. So we begin this conversation about what what do we want to brand? How do we want to do it? And what do we want our kids to know? What could impact them f- through the rest of their life? And, um, you know, I stumbled around for a while before Andrea came and and really pushed this over the finish line. And um, uh, she's amazing. And so she brought her uh, her her. Um, artistry and everything to it in the process and the systems and, and and got it through the end. But as when we were talking about, we begin to think about miracles and the importance of miracles mm-hmm. in our kids' lives. And one of the reasons we loved it is because I don't know, uh, looking at it as an adult, if you ever look at the Bible and you're like, does this really happen? I mean, come on, I haven't seen a guy's leg grow out or somebody raised from the dead in a long time, or maybe never, you know, 
And you have these moments of doubt. And if we're being honest with ourselves, we, we have them more than we want to admit as Christians, I think. Mm-hmm. And, and so we, we got to thinking, well, there's miracles we experience. What if our kids could be equipped with something and stories about things that they've experienced and they've actually seen, what would that do for them? And that would give them this experience in their life that they will always have to justify and they always have to think around. And what does that look like? Well, you go to college and you have the college professor who, you know, kind of, you know, you know, let me see if what you really think, you know, and they could say, you know, this isn't true or, or you, they could hear sermons or podcasts, you know, I don't think you should believe that or God doesn't do miracles. At the end of the day, they're going to have to reconcile in their heart and their soul something they experienced, right? right. It's not just because my dad told me or because the Bible tells me so. It's like, hey, I was there mm-hmm. um, and I have to figure that out. And it, much like the children crossing the Red Sea, right? You, Whether that's true or not, you know, scholars debate it. Was it a land bridge? Was it whatever? It, it doesn't matter. If you go and you talk to the people who walked across it and they, they actually walked across it and, and you said, no, it didn't happen. Well, they would look at you in disbelief and say, you're a moron, right? Mm-hmm. I, I walked over and I touched the wall of water myself. I was there, you know, call me crazy, call me whatever, but I was there and you weren't, and I'm not going to believe you, or I'm going to have to do something with my experience. So that was our thinking behind miracles and um, how, how God works in different ways. And as we dove into miracles, we got to um, put on our creative hat in the sense that, wait, God is bigger than what we thought he was. God isn't always doing this phenomenal thing where somebody's raised from the dead. There's other miracles he does all the time. Mm -hmm. So that's been just a really fun journey for us to walk down together and to go with our kids. I love it, you guys. And the shared goal that all of us on this podcast right now have is raising children who own their own faith. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's so important that we mm-hmm. think beyond the stresses of this afternoon and the tacos that might mm-hmm. burn or, mm-hmm. you know, the tyranny of the urgent is right. like, oh my gosh, how how are we going to survive this day? Yep. And I was inspired Um, just recently hearing Levi Lusco share like, yeah, it's important that your kid gets into college. It's important. But what really matters Mm -hmm. for eternity is that your child gets into heaven. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is the shared goal. And the the prayer that we have for our daughters is I think back to a passion conference that we attended. Mm -hmm. Like it was like, I don't know, several months pregnant and we're about to have our first daughter and our life is going to change forever. And we don't have any idea what we're in <laughs> for, but I just remember Carrie Joe was leading worship yep, and she was singing a brand new song. I've never heard it, it was unreleased at the time, but it was talking about God's presence being our favorite place. Mm-hmm. And I just began to pray that over our future family is mm-hmm. that they'd be worshipers, whether they ever lead vocal musical worship or not, but that they would be Mm -hmm. people who love the throne room of God and are familiar with God's presence and that they're, you know, his presence would actually even be their favorite place Mm -hmm. when they could choose to go anywhere that they would be drawn into his presence. Mm -hmm. And, um, I I think that that's why your books have resonated with us. I'll hold up a little love Mm -hmm. part of the the series from the big God books. And Mm -hmm. um, we've begun to read this with our oldest daughter. And I think our youngest daughter has enjoyed it too, but our, our oldest daughter has just been asking for it. And um, I just love the idea of passing along 
our faith to the next generation. Psalms um, talks about one generation is going to tell the next of the marvelous deeds of God. And so do you want to share anything specific about this project of your hope for the next generation to know through even this book? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think for us, it's been the desire of our hearts with these books is to give people hope, right? To pass on the message of hope. Because like I said earlier, we are living in a world that there are a lot of hard things. There's a lot of wonderful things, but there's a lot of hard things. And especially coming out of this last season of this last few years, I think everyone would agree like, yeah, it's been tough. It's been tough. (laughs) Um, And And so we want these to bring a message of hope that God is still working. He still does miracles and, and he cares enough. He's a relational God. He wants to be in relationship with us. And like you said about his presence being our favorite place, that's, um, I I love that song, (laughs) by the way. Um, Yeah. Yes. I'm a worship leader. So I just, um, I, I pray that very similar thing over our kids that they would, that they would love the presence of God and want to be worshipers. And so that's the first thing is to spread hope. But then also the second thing is that through these books, people would, would be able to start conversations in their houses, in their families, because the books themselves, I mean, yes, they do testify their testimonies because they're miracles that we have seen in our lives. And as the books say, sometimes miracles are the big things that we see, like the parting of the Red Sea or the first book that we wrote the day God moved the rain, right? Or their God works in ways that we didn't expect. But yeah. when we pause and we look back, we say, you know what? That was pretty miraculous because right. he cared for me. And we want these books. Yes, they're a testimony, but more, way, way, way more than that. We want them to open up conversation for people in their homes to mm-hmm. be able to, to close the book and have one of their kids say, hey, I mean, Hey, uh, that, what, what did you think about that? And then for them to be able to to talk about how the book made them feel or what it made them think about. So this book in particular, um, the main character, his name is G for anybody who's listening out there. And he is sad because his best friend moved away. And we wanted this very relatable story. Yes, this is based on a true story and based around a person in our lives. Auntie Sue is is inspired by a person in our lives who has shown our family an amazing amount of love through all of our trials and good and hard. But we wanted to make sure that the story was relatable for people. And so his best friend moves away. And and the question is, well, what did he probably pray? He probably prayed that his friend didn't go away. (laughs) His dad didn't get the job. Their house didn't sell. You know, any of that. And so- just even that opening opens up a conversation. We've had several with people who have said, Hey, I was the friend that did move away. And mm. so we read this book with our kids. They, they could jump in right away and be like, that was so hard, but look how God provided for us in our new place with new friends or a new church or new great neighbors. And so that's what we want is for people to open up the conversation and open their eyes really to what God is doing every day all around us. That's amazing. And one thing that I love, the very last page, if you ever have or get these books, there's three little sections and says, start the conversation, ask the question and prayer to pray. And I think those are calls of action. Like you're having a conversation with your children. And one thing that Josiah and I um, talk a lot about, even in our marriage is he always says, Mike, if it's important to you, then it's important to me. And I think to come alongside of our children, even in the midst of the chaos, to slow down, 
oh my gosh, if it's important to you, then it's important to me. My two-year-old is losing her marbles because her, her blanket is in the wash. Okay, if it's important to you, it's important to me. Let's make this fun. Let's go wash it. Let's go watch it in the dryer next, you know? So it's even taking those not so spiritual moments and making them fun and letting them know, like, if you can come to me with these things now, you're going to probably come to us later in life. And I don't want to be raising teenagers who feel like mom and dad don't understand or we're not cool enough or we're not, we we don't know what they're going through because we want to know, we want to be in their lives. And then I love the second part is like, asking those questions, start to ask the questions. How do you think so-and-so feels about this? Can you relate? Tell me about a time you, whatever, fill in the blank. And I think we as a society, maybe not even only in the Christian world, but children are starting to raise themselves through social media, through television, taking care of their own siblings, broken homes. I mean, just the miracle that both of our parents are still married. And when we started marriage mentoring, all four of our original parents are still married. Mm-hmm. And for our marriage mentors to be like, that is rare mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. your parents to still be married after 35 years. Yeah. And then yep. for you guys to want to come into marriage, like you come from a healthier place than a majority of the Christian people that they even mentor. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just love how you guys wrap up like a prayer, like actively seeking God <clears throat> and letting them know, like, if it's important to you, it's important to me, but let's take this to God and let's discover this together. Because it's important to him too. Yes, absolutely. And um, I just love that that part that we just get to discover life together and to make these books family-friendly, family-oriented, obviously around the heart of Christ. And I guess the listener will probably want to know more or less. We have five minutes on the clock. We have five questions for you guys and you both can answer. So take 30 seconds each if you want to, we'll share. Okay. Um, but they're kind of just rapid fire, fun, get to know you uh, as people, as authors, as family. Um, so I'll kick it off because I have one in my head that I, I I'm it. curious. I know. love it. And you both can answer this. Okay. What is one of your family traditions that you actively do um, that's maybe been passed down to you or you guys have started as your own family unit? Okay. I'll go first. One thing that we do is uh, we pray together before any one person leaves the house. So like if he's leaving or if I'm leaving or I'm leaving with the girls, we just huddle up. And now our girls know like, oh, here we huddle up and we pray. And it's a, it's a quick thing, but it's just a sweet tradition that we've started as our family. I love that. Another thing we started is um, gratitude. We believe when you look at what you're grateful for, it means you're not looking at what you're not grateful for. Yeah. And that changes everything. So at the supper table every night, we go around, we go big, begin in gratitude. It's an acronym and everybody says one thing and we do it, whether it's just us or if we have people over and it's gotten to the point where our our little ones, you know, if we miss it, they're all just sitting there just waiting. Are we going to do it? Are we going to do it? Are they going to do it with us? Yeah. Okay. We'll do it. So it it, it gives us a window into their lives, but also um, focuses us as well. I love that. And it's not just for Thanksgiving meal, everybody. You can start this every meal on the table. (laughs) That's so good. Talking to you guys is so fun because you're so practical, whether it's your writing or the intentionality that you guys have in your home. Go big. I love it. Uh, Second question would be this. If you guys could travel one place, I know you're in Minnesota right now, but if you could go on, say, a family road trip or vacation and you could each bring one snack, where would you go? What would you bring? Ooh. Wow. That's a really good one. <laughs> so I want to, I want to go live in a castle or spend the night in a castle somewhere, uh, wherever that may be. Maybe uh, I don't know where's their castles in England or <laughs> Greenland or Iceland or somewhere go over there. And I, Andrew just got these really good organic um, 
Oreo type things. He can have dairy or yeah. gluten. So yeah. It's really hard. Yeah. I don't get a lot of the snacks I used to. So yeah. I really hold on to these new cookies that I got. So I don't even know what they're called. I know where they are in the pantry and I know how to get them in my mouth. But you know where they're hidden in the pantry from everybody else. Exactly. There's not very many left. They'll be gone today. But yeah. I would say, I mean, right now i'd probably want to go to the beach like way south like south florida (laughs) down there and i would be bringing i mean is it oat milk latte does that count like that yeah that counts it's like you want iced or warm ice okay all right there you go you have to on the beach i think if you're drinking hot on the sand i have something might be wrong with you All right. Here's question number three. And Andrea, you can ask me and then um, Gabe, you can ask Josiah. Here we go. So here's the curveball. If you could ask us one question today, ministry, parenting, sky's the limit. What one question would you have for us today? Oh, oh boy. Put us on the spot. Yes. Yeah. That's the curveball. Right. That is a good role. So are, are we're starting or you're starting? Well, uh, you're starting because you can ask you're us anything. Josiah. And here's where it's the playing fields level is none of us know what's coming. <laughs> so here we go. Okay. I'll go first. Um, Micah, I would love to know how, maybe just a quick story of how you guys got started doing this podcast. Yes. So it actually started in when COVID happened, we said, we don't want to come out of COVID with nothing to show for it. So we had two children. <laughs> so we're like, we're stopping here um, for now. And then um, we're like, what is something fun that we don't normally get to do when everything's not shut down? So we said to a couple of our board members through the state of Minnesota, and they said, Hey, we think that we need to be resourced with the podcast. And we have this idea. And I'm like, okay, well, who's going to lead it? They said, you are. So it started by us being voluntold that we should start a podcast. And now we're reaching over 120,000 people and um, God's just doing awesome things. So we give him the glory and we just get to have fun while we do it. So yeah. it started us asking a question. <laughs> so I be careful that. what you ask. <laughs> no kidding. Wow. All right. I love mine. Here's your curveball. And since you wanted a curveball, um, this is a two-part question. The answers could be the same or they could be different. What is your biggest fear as a dad and a husband? Ooh, that's a great question. Man, I think especially the dad one, um, you know, I've always liked technology. I was a technology mentor for crying out loud in fourth grade. And I would get to go in. Wait, in the, did you say in the fourth grade you were a mentor? Fourth grade. So oh, I would go in early and I would learn how to use a Mac in our computer or our, our like computer lab. The school had just gotten all new Macs. So then I would teach our class. You're a fourth grader. I love that. So I've always enjoyed technology, but here's the fear. I would be afraid of becoming a digitally distracted dad. That's so easy to happen. And I think sometimes younger generations are ripped like children or teens are ripped for like, uh Oh, they're screenagers or they're, you know, whatever millennials, Gen Z, yada, yada. But I think that we as parents are equally, if not more guilty. Exactly. Anything you say about a younger generation, it traces back to who raised them. Right. And so I guess a fear that I would have uh, quite honestly as a, as a dad, but also as a spouse is like, man, who cares about this thinking thing? And we use it for work too. And it's good for friends and family, but, and taking photos, I get it, but it's like, man, 
I'd be, I'd be afraid about being a little bit too tied into this where what really mattered mm-hmm. was overlooked. Come on. Yeah. I like that. Nicely said. Good question. Yes. Good question. Yeah. Your turn. We got from question number four. Question number four for you guys. We actually, believe it or not, we've both written books and some together, some solo projects, mm-hmm. but we got calls last week and a lot of young authors or a lot of even people listening to this conversation want to write. Um, I'm thinking of one guy who I'm getting together with um, in the next couple of weeks, but he wants to write a children's book. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people, less than 1%, it's 0.008% of the U.S. population has written a book, but I guarantee it's more people want to write a book or a children's book and pass along those values, right? To the next generation. So what's one piece of advice to the person who maybe God's whispered or nudged, or they have that dream of becoming an author? What's one piece of advice you'd have for them? Hmm. I would say just start and be persistent because I had a lot of people tell me as I was digging, trying to figure out the best way to self-publish this thing Mm -hmm. and do it well, you know, like do it really well. So it's, it's beautifully illustrated and printed. Well, all the things that a lot of people tell me that like, well, what you want to do can't be done without, you know, a major publisher. And we wanted to retain all the rights. We wanted to be able to give it away if we wanted to. And so that's why we went the self-published route. Mm -hmm. And so it was a ton of work, but we found a system that is, is working. And, and so I would just encourage you just start because the enemy's going to try to distract you and say like, Oh, it's not worth it, but it is worth it. It's work, but just take the first step. One step, you nail it. Just one step, focus on the next one, do that one, then do the next one. Yeah. That's so good. Well, here's the five and five, the final question. And if you guys could offer hope to the next generation or maybe your kids in their future, what is one um, word of hope or encouragement you have for them when it comes to just the next generation at large? You guys got good questions. Jeez, what in the world? Um, (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah, no, it's good. Yeah, I I would... um, I would say, um, I guess I'm not quite sure how to phrase it, but uh, more or less, it's all going to be okay. Mm. God, yeah, you know, God's going to make it okay. He's still got a plan because I, I think that's the biggest battle that they're going to fight. I mean, shoot, look at look at this thing, right? Look at the news. Swipe over to your news feed. I mean, my kid's going to grow up in that. It's horrible, mm. right? I, I mean, what in the world? So I think some way, shape, form, I would, I would condense that and say, you know, God's got it. It's going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would, I would say um, just that kind of like what we talked about before, just remind you that God is a relational God and he really does care about the things that you care about and the things that you're facing. There have been so many times in the last, well, throughout all my life, but specifically in the last few years, I just sit back and I'm like, God, you didn't have to do that. Like that wasn't that big of a deal in the scope of life. And yet you cared enough to step in and to do something about it just Mm -hmm. to remind me that you've got this. It's all going to be okay. And, 
And so I would just encourage everybody listening that he really cares about the things that you care about, whether it's the, like you said, the blankie and the dryer or the, Mm -hmm. you know, to the things that we face as adults that honestly, like there's some stuff going on right now with my family and my sister that should never happen to anybody. Mm -hmm. And so there's big, big things too. And he cares about everything. Right. And in the middle. And so just remember that you can go to him with those things because he really does meet us in those places. Amen. I love it. You guys, it's so fun to connect with you. Mm-hmm. Love your hearts as mm-hmm. parents, as children's authors. Mm-hmm. And uh, the message is a little love and the world needs hope and a whole lot of a little love. Mm-hmm. And so guys, we appreciate you. Thanks so much for your time today. Thank you so much. Thank so you. This was to amazing. Join you today. Yeah. Thank you. Excellent. And you as a listener, if you want to find out more about Gabe and Andrea Olson, you can follow us at youngadults.today, where we're going to have the podcast and the show notes. So you can get these into your little stockings for the stocking stuffers coming up this Christmas already, you guys. So they have three little books. We have one of them. So if you want to order all three of them, you can find us and all the information on our website. Thank you so much. Conversation on the Young Adults Today podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast.